0: Thank you, Terry, praise team, and choir. God bless, a hand of praise. It's good to see these faces up here, right? We've asked our choir, at least for now, to remain where they are. If you see them up there falling asleep, I mean listening well, that's what that's about. Anyway, we'll see how that works. Great to see you. I understand the count from last service was 278 for early service. Isn't that great? That's right, we didn't, we've never done this before, <laughs> so we didn't know, but I want to thank you for being here today, God bless you, what a great day, we have another service at four o'clock, and I just want to let you know, as you came in the building, there's sanitizers, there's masks if you don't have one, and as you know, once you get seated, you can take that mask off. The men always look handsome, us guys, we looked better with our masks, didn't we, not <laughs> But uh, I'd like to give a word of thanks before we even get started in the message today because this is a great day. It's been really difficult preaching to empty seats. The only similarity was some of the crickets from my jokes, but that didn't change. (laughs) But it was just uh, a very different dynamic. But thank you. You have kept up your support all the way through in your emails, your cards, your texts, your phone calls, your support of one another through your life journey groups. Your giving of offerings and tithes and care and love and our shepherd shelf—it all continued. We're so blessed. Thank you for being caring, loving Christian people. Let's thank our God. Just bow with me as we pray, Heavenly Father. First of all, we thank you for this day. What a great day it is! Those listening on the simulcast right now and those that are here—we're blessed that we can be in fellowship with you. Thank you. You are the waymaker. Thank you that even though sometimes things in this world look like they're zigging, really you can make a zag out of it. We've watched you do it. And God, we pray for those that can't be with us today for lots of different reasons, impaired health or compromised health. And we ask you to be with them as they enjoy this uh, simulcast. Thank you, Father, that uh, we have so many wonderful, wonderful, dear Christian people that love you. And it's the difference between any biblical church and one that's not, and it's right here, and we're grateful for that. Continue to be with our nation and our world as people are battling uh, different issues with this uh, pandemic thing that's been going on, and Lord God, thank you once again that we can be here today practicing due diligence and doing what is right. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you. I am encouraged and blessed. It's nice to look in the parking lot also to come up and see somebody showed up, isn't it? It's a good thing when you go out there and instead of pulling in and doing that, but a great, great day. We've tried to watch everything along the way. There's been some extenuating circumstances. We've gotten to such a day as this, and we're very, very blessed. At the close of our service, just a reminder to you, if you didn't see the sign, you'll be dismissed row by row from the back first, and I'll just dismiss you row by row, and you go out like kind of like it's... A wedding, and there's a reception in the lobby. If you're tailgating out there, so you can have something out there. But if you do that promptly, you appreciate it. Today we're looking at the third in the series of Jesus' temptations. By the way, that series in Joseph was six months long, believe it or not. There's a lot of a lot going on there for that. And it can be six years long because God's so good. But we are looking at the third temptation today that Jesus had. We're looking at his model for overcoming temptation. Motif for today is something that has to do with the way that Satan attacks. He's smart, he's crafty. Someone said, can you say anything good about the devil? Yes, he's always busy. Right? He sticks to the task. He's always, He always is. Many people don't believe in a literal devil or in demons. It's okay if you're listening to him and you don't believe in them. Jesus referred to them. Jesus casts them out, he talks about a literal Satan, and because we believe the word of God, we believe in that, and we see the evidence. I've seen, personally, it doesn't prove the Bible, the Bible proves my experience, I have seen the power of demonic uh, possession, and I've seen manifestations in that way that are just absolutely demonic talked about those before in messages, but today that's not what the message goes on today. The message goes on today with how Jesus dealt with temptation. Temptation itself is not inherently a sin. It's when you succumb to temptation that it becomes sinful. So today we want to look at the third temptation that Satan brings to Jesus and get and garner His message for us today, starting in Matthew chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. And so Satan is always looking for people who will sell their soul to him. If he can't have your soul, he wants your testimony. If you're here as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, God has made you his child. It says, no man will pluck you from my hand in John 6, 37. So God's holding on to you. Well, sometimes I don't feel like that. It's irrelevant. God's holding on to you because he never runs out of mercy and grace. The devil himself does not want your testimony to go forward. And we're going to look at seven ways today, it's not exhaustive. But seven ways the devil looks to neutralize your testimony. To take your testimony and make it less than what it needs to be. And the motif has to do with what Satan does. See, Satan appears to offer the same as God offers at a cheaper price. Okay? Now, everybody here likes to buy, a, find a good deal, right? Thank you. I already had crickets for months. Do something. Right? <laughs> We like good deals, don't we? Some of you guys, thank you. Some of you out there looking for a car, you want to get the best deal. The best deal on an appliance, the best deal on a meal, whatever it is. It's just what we like to do. And if it's comparing apples to apples, that's fine. Sometimes it's not. Let's look and see what Satan does offer. First of all, in the first temptation, Satan comes by and he talks to me and you about what we can do for ourselves. The first temptation, Jesus... Look what you could do for yourself. Takes the father out of the equation. The second temptation, he takes, because Jesus was hungry, make some bread, Jesus, look what you can do for yourself. Secondly, he takes Jesus to the highest point of the temple. He says, cast yourself down. Your father will command the angels will hold you and grab you and set you on the ground. Second temptation, Jesus What the Father could do for you. The third temptation is today. Satan tried the other two. He tried Jesus and saying, look, here's what you can do for yourself. Here's what the Father ought to do for you. He ought to do for you. And the third one today, Satan finally just comes down to the bottom line. What Satan can do for you, Jesus. What I can do for you, Jesus. You see, he appears in all those different ways. Do it for yourself, what the Father ought to do. And now Satan finally just comes to you and says, this is what I can do for you. Now, the devil says, took him to a very high mountain. We see the progression here. Um, it's the elevated temptation. Finally, Jesus is uh, standing on the ground, he's hungry, the devil starts with the ground, makes some bread appear here, then he takes him to the temple, and finally he goes to the mountain. There's usually an escalation. If the devil cannot get you one way, he escalates it and takes it another way. A little bit higher, a little bit more. Let me throw out a little few more crumbs to you, and maybe you'll come. Maybe you'll buy my way. So he does that. It showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. Somehow, some way, the devil was able to do that. Show him all the wonderful things of this world. Many of you like to travel, seeing different sights. The devil takes it out there. Now, here's the ironic thing: Jesus created all of it. Right? It says in John 1:1, 1, 1, there is nothing that exists that hasn't existed except through His power. But He shows him all of that because for right now, Jesus has relegated Himself to the suffering servant, God who took on flesh. Fully God, fully man, and he's showing him, here, here's what you can have. Jesus is facing all that, and he tempts Jesus to compromise his mission. One of the the basic tools of the devil, once again, since he can't have your soul since it's been redeemed by the blood of Christ, since God paid the price for you already purchased, he can't have your soul but he wants you to compromise your mission. The mission of the church is found in our sign out front. It's called the Journey Vision, Teamwork, Harvest. I came up with that years ago when I first came here because it's Matthew 28 19 and 20. Go ye into all the world. Vision, teamwork, go all together. Uh, harvest, bring out a harvest. We work together as a local church to bring about a harvest in so many different ways. All that we do athletically, all that we do in our life journey groups and discipleship groups, uh, for all the different things we do in the community, are for and toward the Great Commission, making disciples. And he wants you, he wants me to compromise the mission, and it takes place in many different ways. We're going to look at seven different dynamics dealing with this temptation in just a moment. All this I will give you, underline if. There's always a price. Satan offers what appears to be the same deal that God offers at a cheaper price, doesn't he? All this I will give you if. So what's your if? What is it that you would want at a cheaper price and a better deal? Satan's got comparisons out there for you to shop and to look at. Remember this through this message and through your life. Never give free rent to garbage. Don't give anything in your brain free rent to just park there. Take every thought captive because it will come and cap- it will take you captive. The devil knows that. So let's look at seven ways. That Satan uses his schemes to deceive you as a child of God and those that don't know Christ. Once again, Satan appears to offer the same deal as God at a cheaper price. Let's look at the first one. Your mission is filled with work and sacrifice, Jesus. It's filled with work and with sacrifice. In fact, Jesus, the very people you call to surround you, they're duplicitous human beings, and they will spit in your face. They'll run from you. They won't learn. They won't listen. They will follow you for bread if you give them some bread. They'll follow you for miracles, but as far as you're concerned, that's all. Stop providing that. You've got nothing. And so, Jesus, your mission is filled with all of that, and what do you get for it at the end? A cross, a lot of work traversing this earth. Because Jesus, you never had to do that in heaven. You're on a throne in heaven. But here you get tired, you get thirsty, you get hungry. And you won't have to do that anymore. Just bow down and worship me and all this will be yours. Wow. In Matthew nine thirty-seven, the word of God says, then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the work is our what? Few compromise your mission. Are you a harvester? You can know and you can look in your own life and see whether you are one of those that's put the work of the kingdom aside or one of those that takes it seriously. And we're all in different progressions in that. But I pray you're a harvester that has taken it seriously. Many of you that I know do take it seriously. You stand up for truth even when it's uncomfortable. You see, that's what believers do. Secondly, secure your kingdom without a cross, Jesus. You know how a cross looks, Jesus? They're disgusting, aren't they? You've seen them. You've watched the flies and insects landing on people. You've heard the shouts and the screams coming from people being crucified. You don't need to do that for these people. Look at them. They've made a mockery of your temple. They've made a mockery of your word. Why would you want to do that? You don't need to die for these people. They're frankly, Jesus, they're not worth it. You do all that you can, for them. you created it all, look what they do to you. Secure your kingdom, Jesus, without a cross, because I will give it to you. If you will bow down and worship me. Anytime I bow down or you bow down to anything less than God's word, we're worshiping Satan, period. That's what we're doing. We're denying the power. And we're going with the source that is from the pit of hell. Jesus said in Luke 9, 23, Then he said to them all, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. You see, I'd like to tell you that Jesus, after he saves you, uh, gold and silver and dollars drop down out of heaven. You get perfect health the rest of your life. And everything goes well. You meet Mr. and Mrs. Wright, You have the exact right retirement plan everything goes perfectly but that's not what the word of god says jesus doesn't lie now some people on television line some tv evangelists line people not on television lie from pulpits but the word of god says if anyone would come after me he must deny himself take up his cross and follow me so there's a cross and yes satan does offer another way he does He appears to offer you the same thing that God offers you at a cheaper price. You don't have to pick up a cross with me. You can be apathetic. You can stay quiet. You can still even go to that place that people go and gather called a local church. But you don't have to be a witness. You don't have to pray. You don't have to be a discipler. Just go right along. You see, most people do that anyway. And who do you think you are? Jesus, secure your kingdom without a cross. Dear friend, you can't get out of picking up a cross if you're following Jesus. Thirdly, compromise your standards. Jesus, you don't have to have as high standards. You already know who you are anyway, but just compromise them. Use some other way. Bring up that passage of Scripture if you would. 1 John 2, 15 and 16. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of the eyes, the boasting of what he has and does, comes not from the Father, but from the world. Jesus, compromise your standards. You can just just a little. You don't have to do much, just a little. One of the tools of the devil is that term, just a little. You know what I've seen over these last six months? Something that's taken place. People that have had some substance issues in the past, I'm speaking this very generally. I would never seek to embarrass anybody. I abuse substances to the max at a part in my life before I knew Christ. Let me just say that. But I've watched people just start back with just a little, because how do I know? Because I've counseled with them. I've talked with spouses. I've had people in my office. All this lockdown and everything is played on people's nerves and their feelings. Just one beer, just one more pill, just one more thing. And it's not long before that little turns into a lot. And it's not long before I get a call from behavioral health or from a family member or loved one of what's happened. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Just a little. Don't compromise a lot, just a little. The devil will take any crack in the door to open it up wide and destroy you. His mission, if he can't have your soul, he wants your testimony. And he wants you to compromise God's word, Jesus. Compromise your standards. And sometimes we give ourselves an A because we get a 90. Now, don't get me wrong. None of us get it done perfectly. But when you begin to rationalize your standards... Say, I know God wants me to do this, but this is just a little. Just a little peek at that sight. Just a little thought that goes that way. Just a little envy for that. Just another person that I may want to abuse or misuse. You see what Jesus said. Do not love the world or anything in it. Don't compromise your standards. Satan will appear to offer you the same thing as God does. At a cheaper price, don't buy it. Number four, secure your kingdom through corrupt means, Jesus. You see, I've got the way to do it. And listen, compared to what you're going to do, you might as well do this. Look how badly they're going to treat you. How many people have rationalized their lives into sin because they've been mistreated? How many? Well, they did this, so I'm going to do this. It's like with children. What happens if you have more than one child? It's bound to happen. If there's 75 toys in a three square foot area, they both want the same toy at the same time. Am I right? How how does that happen? Anyone that denies sin nature doesn't have children. Haven't observed children. They want the same one. That's mine. And then before you know it, ow, ow. Who started it? He did. Right. Just like that. Secure your kingdom through corrupt means. Just a little corrupt. Not much. Just a little bit. Just do it. It's not worth carrying out the standard. Dear friend, it's always worth carrying out God's standard. Always carry out God's standard, and God will bless you. And I don't mean by necessarily financially, physically, any other way. He will bless you with putting your head down on your pillow and knowing what you did was right. There's few people in this world that are willing to do that. Standards aren't for sale. Don't do it through corrupt means. Number five, speaking to a generation... And I know this is generalizing. But it lives in all of us. Let me say this. But particularly in this day and time, look at this other way, this other variety, this other scheme of Satan, what he offers people. You can have what you want. Say it out loud. Now. You don't have to wait. You can buy this car. Bad credit, no credit, no cares, no job, no shoes. You can get a new car. And if you can't get it that way, we'll give you credit cards. You just keep running your prosperity. Get it now, Jesus. You don't have to wait. The road to that's a long time. Listen, God uses people that He actually has the ability to build qualities into us, just like it says in James 1 trials build perseverance. People that are soldiers of the cross are built on the anvil of faith, the anvil of trust, the anvil of trials. It's not easy doing the right thing, and many times it's not convenient. In fact, most times doing the right thing is the hardest thing. But the Word of God is very clear. We are to put off, put off the things of the flesh and be thinking about What God has for us, it says, But store up for yourselves, in Matthew 6.20, Jesus speaking, But store for yourselves treasure in heaven. That word store up, it means put things on the shelf of your life in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. You've seen enough of that, haven't you? It's, It's unbelievable what happens in society with people because we're inherently sinners. Jesus said, look, I have something better for you. This world is temporary. And it's hard to get that when you're young, isn't it? We've had some services here recently for some young people. You see, death is indiscriminate. And when we were born, I looked at both of my children. There was no expiration date stamped on their bottom. I promise you. There's other things stamped down there, but not that. Nothing. Jesus, you can have what you want right now. Don't succumb to the right now mentality. God, when he's building someone that has eternal value in the kingdom and significance, it takes a, a minute, an hour, a day, a week, a month, a year, and decades at a time as God builds things into you. The thing is, it happened many times even in dating life, Get what you want now. Don't make that mistake, young people. Don't do that. Don't do it if you're married. Get what you want now. My marriage isn't going so great. Honeymoon was over a year after we, I don't know, whatever. Get what you want now. It's out there and it's available. I tell you this Satan offers what appears to be the same thing as God at a cheaper price. But I guarantee you that cheaper price is more than anyone wants to pay. Sin will take you further than you want to go and cost you more than you ever thought it would cost you. Six, compromise your loyalty. God owns everything. He created the hummingbirds. He created the stars. He has galaxies so big we have to use all kinds of zeros to just try to explain the size of them. So what do we think? What do we do? Compromise your loyalty. Who are you going to be loyal to? Yourself or the King of Kings and Lord of Lords and Creator? Almighty God or me? Or some type of satanic or demonic influence? Compromise your loyalty. I said God created everything for a reason. He already owns everything. So what is he looking for? Can you give God, does you need a glass of milk and a biscuit? coffee that's not bad i like that you know i'm i enjoy food very much but the bottom line is if you were thinking that you can give god something other than your loyalty which includes your faith your trust your care that's what god's looking for it's what he's asking for You see, Satan is looking to divide the loyalty of Jesus. Jesus, you can have this now. You don't have to be loyal to the Father. He already knows who you are. Don't worry about it. Get the kingdom now. Compromise your loyalty. Just just a little. You'll be okay. It'll be all right. You'll have all this if you bow and worship me. When you compromise your loyalty to the Lord Jesus Christ... You bow down and worship Satan. Number seven, compromise the future. How would the future be compromised? If Jesus was going to come and take the kingdom through some other means, our sin would not have been paid for. Jesus, take the kingdom this way. Jesus was way more interested than in the spiritual kingdom and the eternal kingdom than the physical things. He can make physical things. He's a creator. Jesus, compromise the future, which would mean you and I would be compromised. Where would be the payment for sin? Would we have religion to save us? How would we get into God's perfect heaven? Do you want a heaven that's like the earth? Do you? No, I don't either. No one in their right mind does. Now, there's some people that exist on our earth that believe they can make utopia on this earth. Now, I think we need to make it as good as we can make it. But ladies and gentlemen, I have to say to you, this is not enough. It's not enough. Well, don't you like good things and won't you like, I like all that. I like peace. I like good things. I like so much about life. But the thing about the earth is, it's all changeable. You can have it all and be Steve Jobs and and come down with pancreatic cancer. Don't even know what's going on in your body. That's how temporal and fleeting life is, isn't it? Not a scare tactic, it's the truth. The only unchangeable thing are the standards of God and his heaven. That's the beauty of that. Compromise the future. Now, I want to talk about this in two different ways. First, to the believer in the Lord Jesus Christ as the only means of salvation, where Christ died for our sins, took our place, did for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. He bled and died, rose from the tomb three days later, and offers eternal life as a gift. If you're watching on our simulcast, I know we have some guests that are watching. Please understand. Our going to heaven is not a matter of being in this building today or trying to live a good enough life to earn heaven. We don't believe that. We believe the message of the Bible, that you're saved by grace. God has saved you by his grace and his mercy. We couldn't save ourselves, but the perfect sacrifice took our place on the cross where he bled and died and rose from the tomb. He paid our death so we wouldn't have to face death. Death, biblically separation from God forever in a place called hell. Yes, there I said it. You mean, pastor, you also believe in hell? Yes, I believe in hell. Why? Because Jesus talked more about hell than he did heaven. It's a real place. It's a real thing. I'm sorry, I can't believe in a God that has that. Well, God believes in you. And if you don't believe in hell, then all I can say to you is, it is testable. It's a testable thing. Now, you have to die to test it, okay? And, and here's the thing about that test. You will die. You will. I will, you will. And you don't want to go to hell. It's not a party place. It's not a place where naked men and women are running around having parties with kegs and pot and every other thing. Hell is the blackness of darkness forever. It's the loneliness of understanding. And the worst part of hell is this. You reject it. The greatest love in the universe and the greatest act that's ever been done. You didn't have to be in hell because God offered a gift and you rejected it. I don't know what else hell is, but the awfulness of that's enough to make me sick. And it should make you sick too. Compromise the future. So believers, for you, that means cut corners. Cut corners in your life. You can miss some things. It's okay. It's okay. You can mistreat some people. It's all right. It's not, because you get most of it right. Cut corners in your Bible study. Cut corners in your devotion. Cut corners in your discipleship time. Cut corners with your family. Cut corners with your standards in dating, in marriage, in life, in your school. Cut a Just, just, a, just a little. Satan offers what appears to be the same deal that God offers at a cheaper price. Doesn't he? unbelievers. By unbeliever, I mean that you don't trust Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. God's paid the way for you. He has paid the way. And today you have an opportunity to not compromise the future, but to say, God is best I understand. I understand the Bible says that heaven and eternal life is a gift. I could never earn it. I'd like to receive you into my life today as my personal Lord and Savior. Not trusting in myself or a system, but you as the Savior. In Matthew 4, 10 and 11, let's look at how Jesus deals with this temptation because those and the other dynamics that we just talked about other than the seven existed in this temptation. How does Jesus come back? Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan. It's a command. For it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and the angels came and attended him. How did the angels know to come and attend him? There's an audience in heaven, angelic beings that I believe are looking down. There's an audience. They peer into the things of salvation. Will those people that you redeemed really serve you? How do they... How do they respond to salvation? How do they act thankfully? Do they realize that you as God creator suffered and bled and died for them? Do they realize how good you are, God? How holy you are? How righteous you are? Do they realize how almighty you are? How do they respond? You see, they were looking. Angels came and attended him. But he says, away from me, Satan. So, what is that? Very simply put, you and the enemy, since they've watched you and me long enough, know our strengths, know our weaknesses. Away from me, Satan, means when the thought comes into your mind, you cannot give it free rent in your brain to float around. You have to take the thought captive and dismiss it. And you must know Scripture. If your weak area has to do with lust, you need to deal with that and deal with Scripture that talks about that. If it's fear, Scripture for that. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Other verses, lots of them. What are your issues? Take that thought. Take it, captive, and say, God, I'm believing you. Not my feelings, not the devil, not his ways. I'm believing you. Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Because God alone is to be worshiped. When I bow down to my feelings, when I bow down to compromise, disloyalty, when I bow down to taking another way other than picking up a cross and following Jesus daily, I'm worshiping myself. And it says, you shall have no other gods before me. And Joe, you're not God, and dear friend, you're not God. And your feelings aren't God. God's word is something that lasts forever. God alone is to be worshipped, period. Now look at the scripture. Exodus 20, verses 1, 2, and 3. And God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. Period. He didn't say, I want a tithe of all your stuff in that passage. Because first and foremost, if you have no other gods before the true and living God, he already has your checkbook. He has your journal. He has your social media. He has your job. He has your dating life. He has your married life. He has your single life. He has your childhood life. He already has all that. Have no other gods before me. Place me first. Remember, Satan offers some short-lived imitations. And they are short-lived. Why do people seem to get away with something? They don't. No one ultimately gets away with something. All of it's seen. I say that very humbly. But it's true, isn't it? He offers short-lived imitations. Imitations. I've got some of you know I collect a lot of junk. One of the areas of junk I collect is sporting goods. I had someone that offered me a lot of money for this baseball. Do we have any Detroit Tiger fans out here? Yeah, there he is right there, Scott. In our booth right there. And there's three others in the simulcast watching. I think they just clicked in. No, there's more. It's still This is the entire nineteen fifty six Detroit Tigers baseball team. Ever hear of Harvey Kuhn and Joe Gordon, there's some Hall of Famers on this ball. But I couldn't as much as much as I wanted to sell it, I couldn't. Because when you look at it, it looks real. This looks real. God bless you, Sarah, so good to see you here. Huh? Now let me tell you something. There's some folks out there that are doing great in their health and all that. This young lady's dealing with a host of things many of you know, it, and she's here today. We're so proud of you and blessed that you're right here. God bless you. Give a hand to praise for that. I love seeing that with Mom Joe over there with her. Thank you. Pancreatic cancer, all kinds of things she's dealing with, but a person of faith, and I'm touched and blessed. If you got nothing else today, just remember that. That's where the message goes right there. Thank you for your loyalty to the Lord. This ball was produced years ago as kind of a memento for this great team that existed back there. So they had everyone sign a real ball and on some machine back then in the old days, they copied it and put it together like that. It's an imitation. It separates a $20 ball from a Six or eight hundred dollar ball or more. Satan offers what looks to appear the same thing as God at a cheaper price. It's not real. And some, I have no doubt, different balls, been, I've, they've done that with Yankees and all the other teams. They copy them, put them out there, and I have no doubt, I, in fact, I know for a fact, people have sold it for what they thought was real. Only to look at that and get it tested and find out, oh, that's a great little facsimile of what was there. It's not real. How much did you pay? I paid for some dollars for it. Excuse me? (laughs) Yeah. It's a cheap imitation. I mean, it's still good. It's worth a few dollars, but that's it. And it's fun to look at, but it's a cheap imitation. There's a lot of people that have a cheap imitation of Christianity that they live. And Satan's offered to them and they bought in hook, line, and singer, because it looks like the real thing. It feels like the real thing. It's on a baseball. The signatures all look real, but it's phony. It's phony. So today, remember something. When you compromise the least of God's principles, you violate the greatest of his principles, which is serve me and worship me only. Today, there's a choice to make. I'm going to ask you just to bow your head and close your eyes, whether you're in this room or you're watching on the simulcast. Heavenly Father, as we see and and hear your word, today, God, we say you have free reign in our hearts. Would you help us to clear out some of the cobwebs, some of the little things that have sidetracked us and put us back on the main thing. Not the imitation thing, the cheap imitation thing, but the real thing, God. And I pray as people have looked both students, children, and adults have listened today, that you point out those ways, God, we can live in the freedom of grace and mercy and just live out our lives, seeking to be loyal to you because you're worthy of that. In Jesus' name, amen. I pray God blessed you today. I know I was blessed just to look and see your faces today. Now, how many times have you heard that, right? Thank you for coming. I want to just let you know a couple of different things. In mid-September, we will be celebrating the Lord's Supper. We're looking forward to that. Pastor, if we pass around plates, isn't that we're not going to have plates to pass around? We have individual little cups with wafers on top, all in one container. You'll be able to come in, they'll be set out on tables, be able to pick that up, come into the service, and we're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper. Why? Because Jesus, first of all, Jesus said to continue to do it till He comes. Secondly, we need to do it. We need to get back to the basis of what it's all about. Amen. So I'm looking forward to that. Thank you. I'm looking forward to that. God has been working. Thank you for your constant supply to our Shepherd Shelf and the ministry's taking place there. Thank you for caring about your your life journey group. Thank you. Uh, any new members that went to new members class, say thank you for being in here today. I'm excited throughout that spring and summer, people have watched the site, watched the messages, said, I, I, I like what God's doing at Lawndale Baptist Church. So we're blessed to have you. Thank you. Now, what we're going to do as we continue to practice due diligence and safety, we're going to dismiss in just a half a moment from the back to the front, And I'll give you the word when you can do that. What we'd ask is this, that you please do not congregate in the lobby. If you have, as I said last hour, if you're tailgating in the parking lot, go out there. Go out to the parking lot if you would please do that. It helps us out with some of the, not everyone in our city believes the way that we believe. Can I just say it that way? So if you practice that, that's a really good thing to see. And by the way, we want to do what's right, period, anyway. We want to do it for everyone's safety. So if you will do that, just exit the building, go into the parking lot. We really appreciate that. How many, a hand of praise so we can see other people. Isn't that good? Do it for God. Thank you, God. He made us to be like this. He made us to be in contact with one another. And we're going to continue to Push forward and take God and his revelation one day at a time as far as how we handle things. But blessed to get that start back. I'm glad for that. Okay. In those back couple of rows, you all go to the nearest exit door to you. If you would do that, and go right to the lobby. As you're going out, please know we have receptacles in our lobby for uh, tithes and offerings. If you care to do it that way or through online, thank you once again for doing that. All right, let's take the next couple of rows. You all can be dismissed. Thank you, pastor. Thank you. I'm blessed to do what I do. Thank you. Thank you for saying I'm blessed, honored and blessed.